0: Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the top 10 recovery podcast The betrayed the addicted and the expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible. Even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. I am giving you today what you have asked for and actually what I need myself. That's the benefit of having a podcast. I have Miss Susie here to talk to Mm -hmm. us about how we can shed the mom guilt or parent guilt and move into boundaries with our teens and just learning how to parent in a more, I'm guessing loving, but from our power, giving our kids that power as well, um, to find a healthier version of how we want to show up as parents. So I want to share who Susie is because, um, I get to get to know her just (laughs) along with you. And I'm always a big fan of inviting experts to talk about the things that I definitely don't know how to do. I'm, I'm over here trying to parent teens and, oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. So let me just tell you who Susie is. Um, she is a mindfulness based cognitive coach, and she's been helping women live lives. They love for over 10 years. She is the host of the podcast, love your life show and the owner of the wellness company strength mind and body. She is a certified life and wellness coach and a mom of five sons, ages 17 (laughs) to 25. She's passionate about helping women live the lives that feel as good on the inside as they look on the outside. I love that. Uh, (laughs) She spent more than half her life living a life that she did not love as a people pleaser and codependent perfectionist. She reflects that it's as if she was trying to win an award for the martyr of the year. That sounds very familiar. (laughs) Um, Luckily she hit rock bottom and now she is the breadth of experience to teach the firsthand about setting healthy boundaries, beating your inner critic and conscious parenting and how to use mindfulness based tools to beat the overwhelm and anxiety. Um, You're going to really enjoy this. I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes so you can find her And, um, maybe we even work with her. So Susie, thank you for being here. Um, like I said, I'm in the thick of it and I feel Mm -hmm. like it's just beginning. So welcome.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. This is a topic that I am passionate about because as you said, I have five boys. I also ran, um, for years Middle school magic groups, which I worked with girls in the ages of, you know, fifth grade to ninth grade to work on their confidence and helping oh. them learn some emotional intelligence because of the things that I didn't know. I mean, I really found myself in my mid thirties, like, why wasn't I taught this? Or <laughs> my parents exactly. this. So,
0: well, and yeah, it's different. We know more now, right? And mm-hmm. so we have the ability to seek out people like you who have some tools to help us do a little bit mm-hmm. better and to hopefully change some of those patterns that we've been taught. So Mm -hmm. can we just start by the feelings of, okay, first off, you're not alone. If parenting Mm -hmm. is hard,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, you're not alone. If you feel the mom guilt of my kids are making choices that go the opposite of what I've taught them and Mm -hmm. the disappointment and the discouragement of kids fighting back or lying or showing up just I, the way I'm looking at it. And I've looked at my kids is like the kid that they were is over mm-hmm. here on one hand. And the kid that they're trying to figure out who they are is over here. Mm-hmm. And a lot often it's very conflicting behavior. Mm-hmm. And so at one minute, they're, they're the kid that I've always known and loved. And the next mm-hmm. minute they're this new person. And I'm like, who in the world are you? Yeah,
1: I, I would love to start there because I, I, I want to start, first of all, to just to just whisper in every parent's ear out there that has a kid, maybe that's nine or up or for the maybe they have kids that are younger and are entering this, that it's not as hard as it seems this that yes, parenting is hard. I guess it's not as confusing as it seems like it's this like, oh, my God, what do we do? And it actually the the way that I have been trained and the way that I have parented and coached people is just it's a reframe it's looking at it a little differently um what I find one of the big things that parents say it's just parents say is sort of confusion like and they either think the thought that it's too late you know maybe they have a 14 year old and they're like it's too late and they're like I've already you know Or they think that, like, I don't really know what to do. And they just keep parenting as if they were, you know, still parenting a nine-year-old. And there are just certain things. So I just want to start, first of all, because this idea that, like, who is this kid? You know, it can happen in a heartbeat where, like, you know, your sweet little nine-year-old one day goes to bed and the next day she wakes up, she's like, why are you wearing that? You know, and you're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) But so first of all, there is a biological reason for, like, they are in a stage of development that changes around nine to 12 and they go from you know really needing you to be the boss in their life and help them and say we're holding hands now across the street and you are not going under the sink to play with those chemicals and you know being more the boss in their life to age nine to you know really 25 is the next stage of development getting fired (laughs) from (laughs) that (laughs)
0: that's a, that's a reframe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It can be pretty dramatic. (laughs) And we want you to come on more as a consultant. Uh So we move from really this control into more connection and influence. And it is because in that stage, if they are healthy kids, healthy development means they then need to push against you. So if they feel that they are in a safe house and you have, you know, been a parent that from zero to nine you've given them the love and you know, we're there is no perfect parent, but we've done our best and they feel supported. A sign that they are on their path is them. They start talking back. Is they start reacting like, and so that's what I just like to just because moms and dads we have such of this like oh my god I've done something wrong. Well, moms mm-hmm. particularly we turn towards ourselves and we're like what have I done, and yeah. I just say nothing. You've, if this is exactly what is supposed to happen. That kid who does say like, what are you wearing? Or what that is part of their development. It is differentiation. They have to, from zero to nine, they really don't see themselves as different from the family unit, which is why, like, if if you go, you know, somewhere on vacation, they, like it's, it's just very confusing to them when you leave or that they're not like, they really are a part of that family. From nine on, they have to start seeing who they are as individuals and how they do that is in safe relationships to start pushing against those relationships. Mm-hmm. So they might it, you know like you for everything you're doing but they're like oh mom's wearing purple i need to make sure that she knows that's dumb and like is this <laughs> <laughs> So i like to first of all just say for parents like it's okay like what we're trying to do then is to move from the boss into consultant Because truly our job as parents, it it really like we want to raise them with skill, critical thinking skills, with the ability to know their values and act in alignment with their values, with the ability to feel their feelings and and ultimately to leave our house. Like Mm -hmm. that's the and if we are still in that boss mode, telling them what to do, really sort of over parenting, that not only is not helpful for their development, it also raises really anxious kids because They're like, oh my God, I can't do this without mom. And you know, I'm gonna call her every 15 minutes when I'm at college because I like we've seen that sort of backlash mm-hmm. of this over parenting and over control. Um, and and it it can be solved. So so one of the things I like to do I like to simplify everything. Can, can
0: I <laughs> yeah. just pause and I just yeah. want to go back to the feelings of what that actually feels like as a parent mm. because that is where I get a lot of feedback from other women is just how it feels. And you feel so alone, especially in a relationship with mm. a man mm-hmm. who I, I don't know what you see, but I notice that women take the blame mm-hmm. and say, what did I do wrong? What am I doing wrong? Why aren't, why aren't they choosing to honor me? And with what we've taught, whereas, um, a male often, not always, and these are often, not mm-hmm. always, um, right. will place blame on the child. Like, yes why are you doing that? And it's why they shouldn't have, you know, there's no, it's like, where do we find the middle where yeah. neither of us oh, are I love the it. Right, right. Yeah. But like- so I,
1: yeah, I speak of a blame shame coin. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I'm hearing from you and what I, I do see my husband is a life coach for men, what I see is the men are more on the blame side. Like the kid needs to act like the yes. kid is doing something wrong. And it's sort of pointing out and it's like, God, what's wrong here. And they need to respect me more. And there's more like anger and just do that like a very it still can be controlling, but it is from this like, you know, oh my gosh, how have I raised a kid that's not respecting me and not yeah. doing the things that I want him to so there's this blame. Whereas women turn the coin and they point backwards at themselves with the shame. What mm-hmm. have I done? What have I I'm and this mom guilt and we look around and it's not helpful for us when we're looking on social no. media it like looks like everyone else has it together. I mean and so yes. then we get into this mom guilt that we've done something wrong. Um, and what I like to do is I like to get to the middle so that we're not yeah. blaming or shaming. And we're looking more at like what is, and and that comes from, in the beginning, you read my bio, I'm a mindfulness-based cognitive coach. And so if the that's like the, the jargon, but <laughs> what that means is that I help people look at the thoughts they're thinking mm. because the thoughts they're thinking are creating the way they're feeling. So if we have the thought in our head that I'm hoping to implant in listeners today mm. That hey, your child talking back to you, you know, is part of their development, okay? That might help to have the mom think differently than like this is mom guilt, I've done something wrong. It's just like, oh, wait a minute, okay, this is part of their development, they're supposed to push against me, supposed to talk back to me, like this is this is nothing's gone wrong here. So then they sort of depersonalize it, which is always helpful Mm -hmm. when we're not making it about us and we're like, okay, nothing's gone, and then. We can work at setting some boundaries, like "Hey, I don't allow people to call me names." You know, I mean that's that's part of parent that That is (laughs) it is influence for sure. But it's shift when we shift sort of how we look at it, it is very helpful. And when we take ourselves out of it, because Mm -hmm. both parents there, the you know the mom shaming or the dad blaming are making it about them. They're making it like my kid is doing this to me or the mother is, you know, whatever it is. And I'm always saying like our kid's behavior is telling us something about them. Yeah, Like we're going to feel a lot more powerful when we're not in that shame cycle. What's interesting to me is
0: I, I haven't felt a lot of mom guilt over the years that I've been a parent, except when someone hurt my child. I Mm. felt a lot like deep, deep, deep shame of, I didn't protect. Mm -hmm. I wasn't careful enough. I didn't teach them enough. And I had to have that shift of, Mm -hmm. I actually taught them a lot. They told me and like Mm -hmm. 5% of kids tell after they've been hurt. And so I had to, to work my way through so much of that, which I know most women feel after their children have been hurt like that. But last in the last few weeks, as, as we've stepped more into teens and and the Mm -hmm. hormones of girls and things, I felt a very real feeling of mom guilt that I was like, ew, this is so icky. <laughs> I've I've not felt it in this way about really human behaviors, right? Yeah. Like these are choices they were making, not choices others were making to them. Mm-hmm. So it's a different form of mom guilt. But it it made me have empathy for my mom, who mm. felt that so much growing up. And it and it would be a reflection on us, right? And yeah. I know that her generation. that so many felt that way of, you know, I'm only as happy as my saddest child. And my biggest wish for you is that you are all happy. That's the best gift you can give me. And the reality is those, those thoughts, right? She's making our happiness and our successes about her. Mm -hmm. And it just felt so icky. And I remembered feeling and taking that on as a child. And I just was like, oh, mom, I'm so sorry. You felt this so much. Like I know better now. I don't know Mm -hmm. how to, to do it perfectly, but I know that I don't want to feel that, that it was heavy and wasting so much energy to make it about me. And I needed to dive into what's going on with my kid. Like they're screaming
1: (laughs) for sure. Well, we can take this to, you could tell me the specific incident and then what you were thinking to create the guilt, or we can sort of look at just sort of the bigger, um, messages that feed into guilt and how to, yeah. what would you like for
0: me? It really did. It was so simple of like, I've taught them this since they were little that mm. like, they see what I do for a living. They know how unkind words hurt me as an mm. adult from straight, like, Oh my gosh, they know better.
1: Oh, okay. They know and, better. <laughs> and so they did something like called called someone a word or something that you were thinking you were feeling responsible for totally. And it was, Yeah. Yeah. So part of that is like when the kid is differentiating, you know, like the kid goes from zero to 10 and and we still so as mothers, whether we have had the child as a live birth or we've adopted or whatever, like we humans are some of the most just just helpless little beings when they're first born. Like we had to keep them alive. So what they were doing and whether they had a you know diaper rash because we didn't change the diapers often enough like that was we sort of would internalize that. And take that on as our responsibility. Part of our job as parents, as we're moving more into this, you know, now I'm in an empty nest stage and all my boys have launched, we have to start separating ourselves from our child's behaviors because it is just not helpful. And they have agency. We are one influence in their life. So yes, we might have said to them, you know, like I'm a freaking wellness coach and I'm like, Hey, sleep is important. And and like, (laughs) if I took my kids sleeping patterns as a, you know, judgment on myself, that, that is really troubling. That said, this is where I want to look at the bigger picture as women, we are, and this is why I think we have mom guilt and we don't have that phrase, dad guilt. We are taught that our value lies outside of us. Our value lies on how we look. Our value lies on how which college our kids get into. Our value lies on, you know, if our kid says mean words to someone else in the gym, you know, um, classroom or and and that's something that I am out here preaching to people so that we actively start to shift that, that your kids are going to be your kids. We pour love on them. And they do have they're not little robots unfortunately <laughs> times <laughs> that we can be like do this <laughs> yes um and so you know we do the best we can we are one person in that line but when we like your mother's generation and then you know i'm 51 so my generation too is is this you know i was a highly educated woman i'm highly driven and then i went from that to stay at home mom and and what was i supposed to do Ex- except then put my value in, okay, did I cut the carrots in the right way? the same way that Judy did and like you do. Know. <laughs> yes.. And so, so what I like to do with listeners when you feel the feeling of guilt, often when we feel the feeling of guilt, at least for me, just just pay attention to it. When I felt the feeling of guilt, I would make an immediate association that I've done something wrong. Like the feeling of guilt. And I'm like, ah, and it, that's why it often can feel like shame, like this wash yeah. of like, oh my gosh, what have I done wrong? And I have been reprogramming my brain so that now when I feel the feeling of guilt, I am like, oh, I've come up against old conditioning. Mm-hmm. And that has been so magical for me to just sort of push pause. Like it's this like, oh, okay, I'm feeling guilt. What old conditioning have I come up around? Oh, that I should be able to influence every word that comes out of my mouth of my kid's mouth when they're at middle school. Okay, Susie, like, is that realistic or, or that my house should be beautiful. And that's going to make my kids not try drugs or that, my, you know, <laughs> makes sense. So <laughs> Just pushing back on our brain a little, which is where the cognitive yeah. part comes from. Like, just because we think it doesn't mean it's true. So it's that like thoughts are optional. Let's look at the feeling. The feeling comes from a thought, the thought like, oh, this thought might've been implanted here by someone like by conditioning. Um, And, and is that helpful?
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's where we're starting is Mm -hmm. maybe taking pause right now to say, okay, in the last month, where have you told yourself a story Mm -hmm. or felt that guilt? Um, mm-hmm. so that we can at least start from here right mm-hmm. from the beginnings of that conditioning yeah. and then we have something to work with so yes. now what do we do miss susie well we so, have now- a
1: story. <laughs> <laughs> so you you just are aware of your story you try to just be kind to yourself in your story that and also the you know if everyone could just write down on a little sticky note that it's not too late like it, it is any mm-hmm. day is a fresh day to reparent or to start parenting differently, like everything you've done up until now was exactly how your child was meant to be parented. And we know that because that's what happened. So let's not argue with the past. It wins 100% of the time, as Byron Katie says, but it's more this, let's look at where we are now and what we want to do moving forward. So what I like to do is when I like to be, be very clear as to sort of what my jobs are as a parent, because it makes it much more simple for me. So one of my jobs as a parent is to keep my kids safe, you know, so that that might look like curfew that might look like, you know, rules around the house with um, drinking and driving or or whatever. So to keep them safe, set boundaries, which I define as guidelines for sort of the house and how people living in this house will act and do and what they'll do and to let my kids feel their feelings. So (laughs) kids jobs are to push against my boundaries. That's how they become confident, independent individuals. So their job is to push against my boundaries and to learn how to feel their feelings. So there's a lot there, but when we literally like distill it down into like, I need to set boundaries, I need to hold those boundaries and I need to let my kid feel my feelings. That if we keep that front of mind as a parent, that can be so clarifying Mm -hmm. and just an example that it's not easy it's still hard. So an example of that is in my house, I had the rule, I had the boundary that their phones were to be plugged in, their bedrooms were on the second floor. So their phones were to be plugged in downstairs. Okay, so I have that boundary. My other job is to let my kids feel their feelings. I have five sons, not a single one of them was like, oh, that's a great idea, mom, thank you. For... <laughs> I have, so my- well,
0: I can relate then we, and I have We girls.
1: get into this <laughs> expectation that it's like, oh, I'm gonna tell them like why and they'll understand. And that's where I'm just like parents, a boundary is just a clear guideline. You can know the reason behind, like stop the over-explaining, stop the assumption or this expectation that they will someday, that, that's where we get into trouble, sort of over-talking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so here's the guideline. And then you let them have their feelings. So they say things like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. All my friends have their phones and they you know, you're ruining my, I'm going to break up with my girlfriend because, totally. because of you. And I, and it's just this, like, we're trying to be that observer trying to, one of the phrases I love with parenting is lovingly detached. You know, we're just like, I am so sorry. This is your experience. and This is so hard for you. I totally get it. Like I'd be annoyed too. If some, like, I get it. And this is part of, and this is our guideline. So, so we have the guideline and we expect them to feel their, and it's the, and, you know, another assumption we make with boundaries is that, so we think that they need to understand what we're telling them, which, you know, whatever our guideline is, like, we have to, again, be out of our people pleasing roles, certainly as parents, which is really hard. That is one of the hardest things that I think I've done as a parent is to let my kid be mad at me. Like it, that's a very hard feeling to feel yet. Oh, yeah. When I get back to my job of keeping them safe and setting some guidelines, like then I feel more in alignment with my values as a mother. So it's that like seeing them, you know, maybe, maybe there's the, there's the boundary of like, you don't go out to parties if the parents aren't there. And so then they are just, you know, they're at home and they're sulking, they're slamming things around because all their friends are at this party and they see their, fr- and it's just like, I ache for them. I totally have love and feel for them. And yet it is that, you know, that detachment, I'm not making their reaction about me. I'm mm. making their reaction about them having a difficult experience that is you know, moving them forward, which I just need to add in here, the reason why we do this, like, whatever, like the guideline that I just said about the phones downstairs or unsupervised parties, mm-hmm. I like to get away from rule books. Like we all have our own family unit and we are gonna know what works best for our own mm-hmm. family. But the reason why we have these boundaries is because at this age, 10 to 25, kids, the consequences of them breaking those boundaries, which is that's their job, remember to push against it, <laughs> is much less than it will be when they're 25 or 30 or 35. So it is, it is this, like when they, you know, say you say you need to study tonight and I know like they say they're having trouble in math and mom, can you help me? And okay, well, we're going to study tonight. And then when the time comes to study, they're like, that's the dumbest idea ever. I don't know where you came up with this. And you're like, I understand this. (laughs) This is your brain, sweetheart. Like we have these ideas. Adults are doing it all over the country with resolutions where we're like, this is what I'm going to do. And then the time comes to do it. And we're like, no, not. (laughs) So we just witness that in our kid. We let them have that struggle. They sit, they do their, you know, work. The challenges when they're older, like if we have not taught them that skill mm-hmm. of resisting that urge, well, then they're at work and they're like, yeah, I'll go out to happy hour. And they get into work the next day. And the boss is like, where's your you know, report? And they get fired. Like that's a yeah. much greater consequence than yeah. at, at this age, but to return to those jobs and the thoughts around it, that you get to set guidelines and you get to let your kid have their feelings. We want our kids to have their feelings, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's almost like when I was raising my kids, I wanted like, like we have these feeling charts at, out here. I think I actually saw it. I got the yeah. pillow that you had on yours. With yeah. all the, it's yeah. almost like we want that on like a chart on our wall where we like check off like, okay, our kid felt disappointment All right. like the more practice our kid has with feeling those feelings, the better equipped they are when they move out in the world. Because you and I both know, you know, here we are as adults. And it's like, if I am not afraid of feeling disappointment, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, reach for something higher in my job or a different relationship or it's because, oh, right. I've, I understand. I've done it. it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and my kids hate the dang filling wheel, um, all the tools that we've given them. They're just like, it doesn't work. Shut up. Um, and yet the reason I love the feeling will is because I didn't feel like I knew how to feel or that Mm -hmm. I was allowed to feel as a, as, as a child. And so now I'm like, Oh, here's all my feelings. And it is empowering for me that I can feel now and cry and have joy and all these Mm -hmm. and feelings at the same time. And so as hard as it is when they hate it and they don't want to share or feel or at least check in with themselves and drop into their body and figure it out.
1: I know that it will help them long term. Um, Right. So that's one of the things I just want to point on is that like, if our kids are resisting things like that, like the feeling wheel or me having, you know, ideas about their wellness and like, we have to, this is where we get to meet our kids where they are, that we might know what's best for us, but sometimes we can get into an over-controlling state because we're like, oh my God, I don't want my kid to have the experience I had. And this is where totally. I like to get into a faith over fear parenting. So the faith of, you know, my kid is going to have the exact experience they're going to have. I'm going to pour love on them. I'm I'm going to offer the feeling wheel. There's there's no way my kids were like, yeah, let's get out the feeling. wheel. Like totally. I just had it on the fridge and I would use it. And mod- like our modeling from the age 10 to 25 is what matters. What comes yeah. out of our mouth is a little less so. I also like to circle back with parents that it is paramount that we recognize that the parent-child relationship is a top-down relationship versus a horizontal relationship. Like, let me share my feeling experience with you while you share yours, because we can get into trouble there where the kid, as you said, with your past, you would feel responsible for your mom's emotions. And that's why I always like to bring the emotional intelligence into it, that it is our thoughts causing our feelings. So, like, our kid might lie And we find out that they lie and we have the thought that, you know, I wish I had a kid that, that that didn't lie. Like I, you know, and then we feel disappointed saying to our kid, I'm disappointed because you lied is inaccurate. We are disappointed because of our thoughts about our kid that lied. Like, like another same circumstance, kid lying, you know, dad might think like, what a disrespectful kid. I can't, and then he feels anger. So he's feeling a different, like dad isn't really disappointed. Dad's feeling anger. And for him to say, you may, and then the kid's like, what? I make you feel angry. And mom, like, what's going on? I don't get it. And we're like, yeah, it's our thoughts. And then I might be there like, oh, this is side that you're just cheating. I'm-
0: <laughs> Which I'm not going to lie, Susie. It's super annoying to hear that when I'm like, I'm feeling this and it's like, but you're not like, you're choosing that. And I'm like, oh, but I'm feeling it. Like, let me mm-hmm. feel it. And so feel for it. me. It is. I have to just allow myself to go feel it privately. And yes. I, as a single mom, mm-hmm. um, my children are going back and forth into two mm-hmm. different homes with two different rules and different. I mean, we, we definitely co-parent better than, uh, maybe a lot of people out there. Oh, However, better we, than me.
1: i I was a single mom for about five years and parallel parented. We did not go. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: all. we, we definitely can come together. We don't always agree on mm-hmm. having the same rules and just some of the things we do in our homes. That's normal. Um, mm-hmm. But by end of day, when I have my kid, I mean, I parent, even when I don't have my kids, they call, mm-hmm. I have to go have meetings and right. and you're still a parent during that time.
1: Right.
0: When I have them, I, there are days where I am like, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how to show up right now. And I'm overwhelmed and they're telling me, uh, you know, at dad's house we get to do this, and all my friends, you know, the same mm-hmm. stuff, kids all say, um, there are moments where I am like, I'm overwhelmed and I just need to go take space. Yes. I need to go One into night. my Please, bedroom. Yeah. I need my time out. Right. And and I need to come back to me and depersonalize mm-hmm. and also be okay letting them feel. Well, and mom. this is
1: why yeah. like self-care, I mean, it gets such a bad rap, but it is, it is not selfish for moms. It is, no. it is so necessary. So everything you just said there is, is like the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am hoping that our conversation today can help a little with that because it is this, like when we can expect our kids, expectations are huge. When mm-hmm. we can expect our kids to push back, when we expect our kids yeah. the I, I did the single parent things and I would. I would be so excited when they would, you know, oh my gosh, they're coming back. Like maybe they just had five days at dad's and I've been home, like, you know, painting the walls or something. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, I can't wait. And I'm so excited to see them. And then they come home and they're like these surly little puppies. Cause they just had, you know, that uh, was cool. A- so instead I started to be like, okay, recognize, like, totally. I, I just thought that they'd be like these, I really, it helped me to think of them as little puppies. Like they're not doing anything wrong. They're going from one house where there are some rules into another house where there are other rules and they are going to. Start to go. Plus, the um, experience of my marriage was they were over there. There was a lot of emotional and verbal abuse. They did not feel safe. So mm. when they came to me and felt safe, oh my goodness! They arguments and like like just yeah. And I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. So I know some of that is is that like expectation that they're going to think that you know dad's rules are different, and and that mm. again is we need to return to ourselves. Like we're doing nothing wrong. This is okay. Dad's house, dad's rules, mom's house, mom's rules, like, you know, all of that. And then also our kids are no longer at the age where they are helpless, like three or eight, you know, or so that we can take that break. So I hear from parents where they're like, I can't go. And and I'm like, no, 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 no. you have to go. And I, so I always say like with the way that our brain works, our brain has a thought which, you know, if they look at it on a scan, the thought looks like a flash of lightning. So the thought like, this is so hard. It rains down the energy of emotion. So emotion is energy, emotion, rains down maybe the feeling of overwhelm. And then we get to take an action. Are we going to be reactive? Like, oh my God, I can't handle this. Why are you, you know, are we going to say, I need a break? And, Mm -hmm. And I always say the power is in the pause between the feeling and the action.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. And that's and, in general life. <laughs> yeah,
1: in general life. And I mean, that's why so many of the things that you talk about are helpful. I actually started, I, I don't know what, I was 2016. I'm wondering what age my, my oldest was. But I said, okay, I'm gonna frigging meditate because I n- knew that that would help strengthen that muscle of the pause. So I just said for one minute a day, I'm going to meditate. And that was 2016. And that's what I did. And that's like, long story short, that's also how I met my now husband, which was so crazy <laughs> oh, <I laughs> on, love it, it. on a meditation app. He's on the other side of the world, but that's another, that's
0: crazy. I love <laughs> it. Cool.
1: But the idea of strengthening that muscle there is something that is really helpful for parents. So you might have all these thoughts in your heads. It's like, yes, it's my job to set boundaries and it's my job to let them feel their feelings. But in the moment. Yeah. It feels really triggering to us and I just I am not here to say don't feel that. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, feel it. Like cuz not feeling it, it I did for too many years and that is unhelpful that shows up physically that is uh, that is not something yeah. we want. But to and, pause and feel it in a skillful way. Like yeah. in a you know in a way that afterwards you're going to feel good about Most of the time, we are not, there are no such things as perfect parents. And so another thing that I would just like to add in here with the mom guilt, because I think it is so important and it has helped me, um, is this, like, I'm going to be a good mom most of the time, but I'm also going to be a bad mom (laughs) some of the time. Like it's, it's like getting out of this perfectionist thinking that there's one right way. And like, I have to be the perfect mom. And if I don't, then it's this shame cycle. And, and I'm, I'm just this, like, there is no perfect parent. So what that mm-hmm. means is like, I'm going to be good sometimes. And sometimes I'm going to be bad. So when my kids are like, oh my God, like you're the worst mom ever. I'm like, really? Okay. But like, I'm the one you've got. So like, <laughs> what are we going to do about this? Like, I'm trying the best I can. I will repair and come back and say, wow, mm-hmm. I really was, you know, but I'm human too, and I actually now that my oldest is 25, I get feedback that that has been helpful for him to see me having, you know, this like right to that circle back, that repair.
0: Yeah, the uh, repair. Ugh. You
1: know, like I had the best intentions. I got a little triggered. Not getting into like throwing his dad under the like hearing that your dad bought you cupcakes every day for an hour, you know, every hour for four days. <laughs> we don't need <laughs> to throw them under the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that like wow, I did not handle that. Well, I like to say to my kids, I didn't do that skillfully taking the good and the bad out of it. Like yeah, I did I like that, that bad or right or wrong, but like, wow, I, I, I really didn't parent skillfully there. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, leaving yeah. the butt off the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but yes. you were really talking back or I'm sorry, but you were really, you know, giving me the evil eye. It's that like, wow, I'm sorry. Hey.
0: I'm going to adopt that this week cuz I get my mm-hmm. kids back this afternoon. Yeah. So I'm going to try it. Um I love that and um it makes me just think of small simple ways that we can improve and and really shed some of those feelings around we're doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I think some I don't know any mom out there who's like I'm actually awesome at being a parent and mm-hmm everything I do is working. Um, there's some of it in there where we're like, actually, <laughs> this is kind of messy right now. And the whole idea that I've changed my mind in parenting mm. and, and that I'm yes. allowed to, and tell my mm-hmm. kids that like, I, I I have changed my mind and I know that that's probably confusing. It's confusing yeah. for me too. As I try to figure out the skills in order to, to do it in this new way. Um, Well, it's
1: confusing also for their stage of development, because they are very much in this, like, you know, like the chakra area where it's like, they're looking at right or wrong. And that's why they're pushing against us to see what is right or wrong. And at the same time, I really encourage parents to say, yeah, I changed my mind. Like to allow that open mindset. It's like, at the time I made that decision. And now I'm deciding differently. That is a wonderful gift. So we get the kid who's like, I want to do soccer. And then, you know, halfway through, he's like, I don't want to do soccer. And we aren't shaming him. But you yep. said on September 2nd, <laughs> it's like, okay, I ch- like when we yeah. can allow that sort of, you know, more loose way of living, it is really helpful. And uh, to your point that they're, you know, us thinking that we did it wrong, that you can't think of any parents out there that are like, I'm knocking it out of the park. I would like us to start to maybe think the thought that like, we are human, we're parenting as a human would. Like humans, really 50% of the time, we're going to be in a managed mind and we're going to, and 50% of the time we're going to be unmanaged messes. And if we do that, like my coach always says, it's a 50, 50 life. So if we do that, we're doing well. And in those 50% that we aren't doing so well, it's like, oh, wow. If we can approach that with a loving, compassionate mind, like, oh, look at that, Susie. Like you really lost your bleep last night. Like what was going on? And that's more the self-care. Like, what did you need maybe, honey? Yes. Like before your kids came home. Instead of this, like, you stink. And like, look, at she should have been a better mom. That shooting on herself is not helpful. Oh but this, gosh. like, yes. you know what? I'm the mom they've got. Um, and I'm doing the best I can. I also like to just come back to what we know about sort of human development that, you know, to be a little, like, like blip about it. But, like, they, they say, like, the first 20 years of your life, you're wounded. And then the rest 80 years of your life, you, like, try to figure out what the oh hell happened gosh. to your childhood. <laughs> So like for us, there's like, we are, when we are not in our perfect way, I'm like, that's part of our kid's journey. Like yeah. we can't be this perfect person. And if we're trying to model that and we're so rigid and controlling in it, it it really can create this atmosphere of, of tenseness for the kid, mm-hmm. you know, and also just for us, I mean, it's just an unpleasant parenting experience. So totally. I like to focus on connection. I like to think of sort of like five years from now or 10 years from now, what do I want to think about my child? Like Mm -hmm. they're making some decisions here. Like, how do I, like, do I want to get into the fear mindset of, oh my God, this shows they're going to be in prison, you know, or Mm -hmm. do I want to get into the faith? Like this is a bump on their road. They need Mm -hmm. maybe some more guidelines and boundaries and support. And I still believe in their best future. That's really important. And that's,
0: I love that because that's, I think where we went last week in co-parenting is just, okay, let's back up here. This, they, we gave them some freedom Mm -hmm. with some rules and we just need to come back and start over and reevaluate because the rules Mm -hmm. weren't. Yeah, they did what kids did. They did. They tested it and it didn't work out. So we're going to do a reset and we're going to boundary things up a little bit more they're mm-hmm. gonna be mad a little bit longer. Yeah,
1: they're gonna and, have their feelings
0: uh-huh and it's okay. and um yeah, it it kind of weighs on like the the energy for me. and so really coming back um into my power into like, ah, mm. oh, okay, this is yeah. not all that I am and they're going to move through their emotions and we're not going to be here forever. This is mm-hmm. just a, a little blip. and yeah. we're figuring it out. And it is outable. Um,
1: well, and that just the knowledge, and this is where I like to help people sort of from that expert place that like, if you think of a, a parenting as a pendulum, like one side of the pendulum is that authoritative where it's so controlling. And so like, you can't, you know, it, it, we, we know what authoritative parenting and the other end is the permissive, like, it goes, it's good. They'll figure it out. You know, and we want to be more in the middle. With this, you know, we're a consultant, we're there, we have guidelines and and the middle dance is a little messy because we don't know like, oh, is this guideline strong enough? Okay, no, that's too strong. So we come <laughs> over, you know, and that's where we have the forgiveness for ourselves. And also just that compassion, I, I gotta say. Compassion for our kids. I got to say that one of the things I know that you're into sort of alternative ways to work through healing, like I tap all the time as Mm -hmm. a parent. And one of the things I'm always tapping is like, I did nothing wrong. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh. It's this like reminder to the system of like, yeah, you know, so we do have a guideline. My kid thinks it's awful because, of course, my kid would. It's like, you know, in the kid brain. And I did nothing wrong. Like I'm doing yeah. the best I can. It's this like settling soothing nervous system. Right? Yeah. Um, it, you'll
0: laugh. My former husband texted me this morning of like, I reminded the kids that they can tap and they can do this. <laughs> they hate it. They hate tapping. No, so I'm like, They're not going to ex- like, you can do your tapping. I'm glad it works yes. for you. They hate it. And they're going to hate it until they realize they don't hate it. Um, and that's a great point
1: <laughs> because what we're here to do is like, that's one of the jobs I spoke about is let them feel their feelings. So one way we can do that is we can model. Like we can say, oh, I got to go tap or I'm going to go take a break or I'm going to journal because I have a lot of thoughts in my head. And before we have this conversation I'm, or when we're having a conversation with them and we're like, oh, I notice I'm getting heated. I'm going to take a break. That's yeah. all great modeling. That is not us being the boss. You need to sit and journal now. You need to, it's yeah. actually like, I've done that. I
0: fingers <laughs> back. But it
1: is, yeah, it's that like, you know, letting them be them. And while also then, drawing the difference between feeling a feeling and acting a feeling is really important. Mm -hmm. So like they're, when I say they're allowed to feel their feelings and they're trying to learn to feel their feelings, you know, I had one son who was quite angry and we had to get, you know, very clear with like feeling anger is different than hitting your brother or yelling at me or like, that's not okay. That's not what I'm saying here, but it is this, like, how do you feel it in a way that is more proactive or helpful for you and Mm -hmm. doesn't take the family down. (laughs) And that's also where the guideline comes in that maybe they don't do it our way with tapping as your first husband said or whatever, but, and I'll, I'll also just draw a little um, joy out there and maybe a blip of inspiration that just recently, one of my sons who's older is, is in therapy. And he said, um, which I said to all my kids, I was like, I will pay for your therapy or coaching (laughs) like for, We've because no same. kid comes out of childhood unscathed. Yeah, he, we all need he it. called and he's like, "Hey, mom, my therapist said like maybe I should try meditating." And do I know anyone that meditates? And he just was cracking up, and I was like, "Yeah, it's really funny, son." But yeah,
0: I know. I just say we're just paying someone else to tell them the same things we tell them because yes. they'll yes. listen to someone else and and be that maybe tell them a little bit more than they dare tell us. So therapy same for me. It's like, you get it for life, whatever you Well, need. And I
1: say it's the <laughs> message. The message can be the same, but it's a different messenger, Oh, which is absolutely. why sometimes running those middle school magic groups was so impactful. Like, you know, they get the message from me, that their mom just told them yes. 14 times last week, but they're like, that's mom. I'm not listening because that's their the, job. Exactly. They need to push against. And so then they come home and they're like, guess what she said. It's like, yeah. <laughs> huh. And we just really? clap.
0: That's so great. I love it. Kill again. Um, okay, yeah. I love this, and yeah. I think it is um bottom line, we're in the Human club, and the mm-hmm. Human club is full of all this fluid feelings and okay. ups and downs of life. and we can change our mind. We can feel great one minute and really low the next. And I think as, like you said, just the expectations that what we Mm -hmm. are doing, it's pretty normal. And you're not alone, whether or not you think your friends are all together and they're the best parents. And Mm -hmm. that's what I heard this morning on my group call. It's like, but all my friends, they're so strong and they can handle anything. They, I don't know anything hard in their life. And I'm like, but that doesn't mean they're strong. That just means they're not telling you anything. And here you are women sharing your heart and your sorrows and you're choosing to step into it and say, I'm hurting and Mm -hmm. I need help. And so to me, that is strong. That is straight. That is
1: right. And it is, it is why I love podcasts like yours, podcasts like mine, and that are free resources for people to just get understand sort of normalize the hardness of this and then also just groups where Mm -hmm. we do speak more honestly and we do share that you know humaning is hard it Mm -hmm. is hard and it is messy and i i this is part of i mean if we can teach that to teenagers too where it's like you're gonna have feelings and it doesn't feel comfortable and i'm that doesn't go away For the rest of our lives, we're going to be having these feelings. And we just get to learn how to better process them, better manage them, better be us. Like that's sort of our job here Mm -hmm. in human school. And it's it's hard. It's messy. But But one of the thoughts that I keep coming back to as a parent is nothing has gone wrong here. Like that's Mm -hmm. really soothing. I'm like, nothing has gone wrong here. My nervous system is reacting because my son is saying that he doesn't like me. That is Mm -hmm. hard to hear because I am a committed mother. Nothing's gone wrong here this, you know, or, and so wherever we can get that reinforcement from podcasts, from groups, from, Mm -hmm. you know, honest friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I love that. I'm going to adopt that. Okay. Um, One of my things that, that I love to say, and I say it all the time to myself and to my people is it makes sense. It makes sense Mm. why that feels so icky and it, and it hurts. And I want to run away. Like it makes sense this, you're doing this hard thing and they're pushing back yeah um so doesn't feel good yeah figure out what your words are for soothing yourself um mm-hmm. I'm even I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm a big believer in if you have a partner to help you with this to say I'm really struggling with the mom guilt right now and mm-hmm. these are the thoughts that I'm having mm-hmm. I could really use a cheerleader right mm-hmm. now yeah we're on the same team and they mm-hmm. may not go to the places that you go, but having them understand and 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 be there on the sidelines saying, Hey, I I know it's true for me, but sometimes just hearing it from someone who I love and respect saying Mm -hmm. you're actually the perfect mom for them. Mm -hmm. You're doing a great job. They're just making Mm -hmm. dumb decisions. Like I know that, but I need to hear it sometimes and it helps. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that is very strong and courageous for us women to actually ask for what we want to. So to say something like, I need you to say, I'm a good mom and my kids are just going through a difficult stage right now or nothing has gone wrong here. Or can you repeat back? Like, of course yeah. you feel that way. <laughs> yes. um, is it really, I mean, I work with people in relationships too, and just getting clear about those words that like, I don't want you to fix this. I just want you, yes. you know, I don't want you to help or handle it. I want you to hear me. And yeah. what that looks like is you saying like, of course or we um, just need validation a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what our kids need too. Yeah. Same thing as like when we're, when they're like, Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. You're like, of course I get it. Like there's nothing wrong with you that you're having this extreme reaction. Like you feel Mm -hmm. like you're missing out on your social group and we're to blame. Like, of course you're irritated. And I'm so sorry. Yeah.
0: We're going to yeah. be amazing parents from here on out, because mm-hmm. we're going to reframe and not take it personal and set healthy boundaries for our kids. Right. It's going to be,
1: yeah, good. we're the parents they mm-hmm. have. We are like, that's the, that's this, like I'm the mom they've got and I'm doing the best I can. So yeah. I just like removing the qualifiers of like amazing or great or good. It's like, like, I like having my own self-regard, that like, I'm amazing. And then I'm going to yeah. parent in the best way I can with the tools yeah. that I have. And that's why, um, I get out here and I help parents every day feel better about their parenting. That is to just sort of remove the confusion of am I doing the right thing? Am I doing this wrong? Because when we see that reaction of the kid, it can feel very unsettling. We are not taught, you know, we're given like the, what to expect when you're expecting up to like the <laughs> second year, but where's the, like, what to expect when they're 12 year olds. It's really interesting how we just sort of stop yeah. teaching and parenting teens is a different way of parent. If we keep parenting the way we did when they were eight, it's unhelpful for us and them. So that's where I like to step in and be like, Very "I true." yeah.
0: Okay. This is a taste. So if you would like more <laughs> Susie, where can they find you?
1: Well, I would love people to take my parenting teens survival class. I priced it real low. It's at smbwell.com slash parenting. Um, and that is something where I, I actually not only like tell you sort of what to do, but I also walk you through how to do it. And it's, it's not overwhelming. Heard from people. They, you know, the biggest complaint is that they wish they had taken it sooner. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's very helpful. I also, my podcast, the Love Your Life Show is on any platform. And I really try to help support women live lives they love, because that is, I mean, that's part of it. Just us having this compassion and us having this backbone. So similar to what you're doing on your show that like, you're not doing anything wrong. You're fine. You're human. It's okay. And then I, at times will get experts on there with parenting or I have one coming up with relationships. It's super fun. And yeah. It's awesome. Great. Okay. You. Well,
0: I yep. really appreciate your help, your insight and your reframing. So, um, mm-hmm. go follow Susie, go find her and thanks for your time.
1: Yeah. Tell me on Instagram, SMB wellness that, I, that you heard us here. i love that.
0: Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the Buffalo.